Ba-da-da-bow! Hey, here we are. It's me, JP. It's time for another JP's product pick of the week. Thanks for standing by while I did battle with Wirecast broadcast software. I love you, Wirecast, but you're killing me. Uh, so let's see. It's time to, to take the lid off of this thing and dig into some fresh, delicious new product pick of the week. Uh, first thing I'll do is send you on over as I peel open that hermetically sealed jar of good product pickness. Uh, send you over to this URL. This is 5466 is the product ID. So head on down to adafruit.it slash 5466, or you can type in the whole URL. Or head on over to this QR code if that's your sort of thing, uh, sort of thing you like to do. <clears throat> you can do that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm going to have some delicious iced tea. Clear my throat. Let's see. Um, so if you head on over there, what you're going to find is the product pick has this video, live video streaming right from within it, so you can watch from within there. You will get 50% off this product pick this week, which is a terrific, terrific discount. Uh, and you don't need a coupon code, so just throw them in your cart and go. Uh, the discount is only good during this show, during the time period that this show is on. Uh, and we've set the maximum this week at t uh, four instead of ten, so that more people have a chance to get them, because I don't think we have a huge stock of them, so you might want to get them early if you're thinking of getting them. Uh, but if you haven't gone to that page, you're wondering, well, what even is it? Let's have Lady Ada take us, uh, take us back just a few weeks and introduce this product pick. Take it away, Lady Ada. Next up, my goodness, is this motorized pot. Um, I've always loved motorized pots. You see them on fancy AV equipment. You know, it, we, you can load a setting and all the potentiometers will slide into the location um, that you had previously pretty much set. The, it's pretty much the, the, the coolest thing and maybe the reason why many people go into music, yeah. music production. They're just like... Oh, it is. Uh, it's like if you have music... If you're a music producer, you're like... Should I uh, go to the overhead now? Yeah, let's go to the overhead because I, I really have to sh show off. So I have whoa, this... Whoa. Hold on. I know it's excited. Um, okay. It always has like um, a different feeling to it than other things that move. It's like it's alive. It's definitely alive. So this demo is I've just got my feather and motor wing. So this is a five volt to ten volt motor. Um, you do need an H bridge to control it because going left and right basically is inverting the um, polarity of the motor connect. So you need a full H bridge, um, but we have many in the store. Um, when you can, you know, you can make a move to the left and to the right. And then when you don't have a voltage, you can move it wherever you want. And then you would read the potentiometer signal off the bottom here and it would tell you where you are. So, ah. so here's how it works. Like, let's say you're like, oh, I want it to be in the middle, which this isn't going to do because I have this pre-programmed. Um, you would set it to the middle and then you tell your microcontroller or microcomputer, hey, read this resistance, it reads the analog voltage, and then it would, if you want to recreate that, it would move the um, motor left or right until the reading matched up and it would stop. Mm -hmm. And then it would release it so that you could, of course, tweak it after it's been set. So the motor and the potentiometer are separate. It's not smart. It's not like you tell it, there's no way to tell it like, oh, if I give you half the voltage, it'll go to the middle. The, the motor either is on or off pulls it all the way to the left, all the way to the right. That's all it knows. Um, the positioning control has to be done separately. 
And then this is the uh, slider. Note it's metal. There is one pad here. I don't know which one exactly, but it's in the data sheet uh, that's mechanically or electrically connected. You can use it as a capacitive touch detector so you would know somebody is touching it mm. so you can release the motor. This has everything. It does have everything. So we will probably use this on a project, but I wanted to get some of these in stock um, so we could do some cool audio projects with it. All right. All right, indeed. Sorry, my software is being a little slow to respond, so I got to click and wait here to get make sure my audio is working. Uh, so let's take a look at this. This is right here, the little box it comes in. And it's got a little protective foam there. We're going to do some demos and things. Uh, but first off, let me introduce it properly. This is my product pick of the week this week. It is the motorized slide potentiometer aka flying fader. Uh, so you can see here we've got this DC motor. We've got a number of solder lugs to attach wiring to and I'll show you how that works in a moment. Uh, but it's all essentially integrated in software. So in software you can tell the pot what to do. You can read over an analog read what this slide potentiometer is doing. Measure its resistance as a voltage divider. Uh, and we also have the touch capacitive touch sensing of when you're touching that lever or not. So um, the, uh, a couple details about it. The fader is a 100 millimeter fader. It gives you 10K of resistance. The DC motor is a six to 10 volt motor. It actually works pretty well under a five volt or so. And I found that four AA batteries works really well uh, if you have uh, the type of motor driver that takes external power or if you wanna wire that up yourself. Um, works great under that, that roughly six-ish volts that you get from four AA batteries. Um, and there's a little timing belt style rubber belt that runs through, through the pulleys. It's a geared motor. We have a little belt that moves this back and forth. And the way this works is that in software, you can tell it to move until you reach a certain resistance level on the slide potentiometer. So it's much like a servo motor in that sense. You can say, hey, go to... Uh, position 240 and that's gonna through some math be known to be about up there motor will go all the while reading the potentiometer and stop moving when it reaches that resistance level so that's the basic operation of it and then you can also use the the capacitive touch to tell when you're touching it and disengage the motor um, or keep it disengaged until you let go and then it can move back so let's um first of all let's take a look at the product page and the learn guide for one of the uh, motor drivers, which is going to be kind of essential in using this. So first of all, here's the product page. Uh, we have about, looks like 50, 55 of them in stock right now. So we've sold through quite a few already. So if you're thinking of getting them, put it in your cart and, and maybe go. But what you want to pick up is some kind of a H-bridge motor driver such as this one right here, the L9110. It's $1.50 for this little eight uh, pin dip IC. And that will allow you to PWM two different um, pins and that'll set the motor forward or backwards and you have a, a range of speeds that you can move in. Or another really nice one is the motor feather wing. Uh, so I'll show you that in the demo that I'm using uh, here today. And in fact, if you head on over to the product page for that 
uh, or rather the learn guide for that um, motor feather wing, you'll see the kind of setup I'm doing there. Let me switch over to that page. Uh, it looks similar to this. So you could drive up to four of these faders, the motors on the four of these faders uh, with this particular motor driver. Uh, and you can see we've got external power coming in on the side there. So let me rearrange my camera here so that I can show you the setup I'm using. We'll do a little exploration of the setup and then uh, see it in action. So I'm going to pull that camera out a bit. So you can see here how I'm using it. I've got a feather. I'm using a tripler. Oh, you can't see that at all. I didn't show you my down, down camera. <laughs> how about that? I think someone was, was going to help me uh, on Discord to catch that. Thank you pop my Discord open so I can see there. Uh, so the focus here. So you focus down at the table level there. You see I've got a feather. I'm using an M4, but this works really well with an RP2040 as well, and most any feather, really. Um, I've got my feather on a tripler. I've got the motor feather wing here, and you can see I have two wires that are running from one of its motors. That's four motor outs. I have one of them that I'm using to drive the DC motor on the fader. Uh, and you can see I've got these two mini grabbers here connected to it. So those are ground and power or really positive and negative voltage, which can switch places thanks to the H bridge. Uh, I've got a little battery pack here, a little four AA battery pack uh, giving power. Feather is powered over USB. I'm also sending MIDI over USB back to my computer, which I'll demonstrate in a second. And then at the bottom here, I've built a little circuit on my open sort of proto area of the Featherwing to read a, a uh, rotary encoder, as well as the push button of the encoder. And you can see I'm also using some extra space there to run a one mega ohm resistor from an analog pin. In this case, I think it's analog pin three to ground, and that's so that I can use the capacitive touch sensing on here. One other uh, difference you'll notice is that I have a chrome fader cap on here. So you can use these as is. It's just a little more stylish and a little more comfortable to have a fader cap on, but it needs to be conductive. It needs to be a metallic conductive or chrome plated fader cap in order to still read the capacitive touch. So that's something to look out for. Um, so you can see here uh, a couple of the features of it. One, I can just move it like a fader. Uh, and if I turn on some sound, one second, I'll, I'll turn up a software synth. You'll hear what the fader is doing. So I'm just adjusting some filter resonance and filter cutoff of a sound. But you can see the cool thing is we can play around and then let go and get back to our preset position there, thanks to the, the motorized fader. We can also go to other presets. So if I click my encoder, I can go to a different preset. That now becomes the sort of standard place that it returns to. Hit another one, and these are just four positions that I've pre-programmed. And one that's real low there. Now, another feature that I added, just because it's kind of fun, a little bit silly, but you might use this uh, as a linear encoder. I'm going to turn off the sound here, I think. Uh, you could use this as sort of a, a linear actuator, rather. Uh, it doesn't have a ton of power, so you're not going to 
fling a robot across the room with it, but depending on your needs, you can just control that position and uh, use that rather than as a potentiometer, essentially like a linear servo. And I've set up my rotary encoder as a direct control there. So you can see as I turn the rotary encoder, I'm changing the position of the fader. Uh, I'm also using that as a stored position. So now if I hit this four times, it'll come back to this position. I have four saves. So one, two, three, four, back to that new position. So if I change this, that fourth position will now be way up at the top. So one, two, three, and four, staying up there. Uh, so let's take a look for a moment at what that code looks like. And let me take that, uh, that view off of there. Uh, so the code that I'm using here, it's a few things. So we have set up for analog I.O. so that we can read the slide potentiometer. That's this import analog I.O. Whoops, moving my windows all over the place. Uh, touch I.O., that's what I'm using to tell this capacitive touch thing. So it lets go of the motor. And uh, the motor kit is what I'm using in this case. And it's a sort of convenience library that makes it easy to talk to this feather with the 4H bridge motors on it. Uh, I've got some MIDI setup going in here. I'm reading that rotary encoder uh, button so that I can press the button. Now, let me bring up a, let me bring up one more view here. Uh, how about like this one moment? My software's fighting me. There we go. So now you should be able to see the uh, slide pot as I'm using it. So uh, button pin 12 there, that's what this rotary encoder is connected to. So when I press that, it's just going between one of those four preset positions. Uh, also setting up the rotary encoder to read a couple pins. And that's what allows me to change where that preset position is. Um, kind of a luxury there. And then we have the fader, uh, which I'm reading on analog zero, and then I'm setting this to be essentially an 8-bit value. It reads at 16-bit uh, internally in CircuitPython. That's what the, the math is done at, regardless of the DAC. Um, but then I'm taking that value and, and making it 8-bit, 0 to 255. Uh, and then I have a little state variable that uh, I can use to tell what the last position was, uh, so we know when we're changing that fader. And then there's reading of the touch I.O. Actually, it's on uh, pin A2. And then I also have the one mega ohm resistor going to ground for that. Uh, and you can customize your touch threshold depending on the fader cap you have on there. Uh, here, I'm just taking the raw value and adding 30 to it. So I have a really light threshold, but that means I can, I can move that. Uh, just touching this, this chromed plastic pot works great. Uh, we do not, by the way, we don't sell these. I'd love to see if we can source them. We don't sell these. They're a little bit hard to find, but you'll find Yamaha replacement uh, touch fader caps on eBay. Uh, a lot of them are in Germany for whatever reason, um, but you will find some here in, uh, in the U.S. eBay as well. Uh, then I've got a function that I've created, which is allowing me to go to a particular position. And this is essentially the servo motor part of it. So I can say, hey, let's go to you know, 120. Uh, or let's go down to, let's say, 60. And so going to 60 is this go to position with the argument of 60, and then it, it moves the motor, checks the 
uh, potentiometer value, moves the motor, checks the potentiometer, that's all happening incredibly quickly, so it looks like a fluid, smooth motion. Um, but it, it stops when it gets to within, within a certain range. It's also uh, feathering that um, speed a little bit so it doesn't overshoot. Uh, here you can see these are my, my opening moves here. So if I reset the board, uh, you'll see it's going to go through a little warm-up sequence and go to, go to a few positions there. Uh, and then the main um, function, the main loop of the program here, I'm checking for button updates. And if I do, I, if I do sense that that's being clicked, I go to one of the four positions. If the encoder changes, then we're uh, changing the value of the current item in the list of current saved positions. And then we're checking for touch if touch value, so just has it, has it been touched beyond its threshold. Then I make sure that the motor is set uh, throttle none. Uh, and then when I release that, whenever I'm not touching it, it tries to go to the stored position. And that's what makes it shoot back there. Uh, there's a little bit of filtering going on here to get nice clean analog reads. And then I also have my little MIDI output. If you look here at um, the, let's, let's try our friend Disco Tool and see what's connected. Okay, so if we, if we do Disco Tool, uh, name is Feather. This is gonna open up a uh, serial connection with Tio. And you can see here I have this kind of nice analog print of my, oh, you know what, if I make this wider, it'll, It'll stay on one line, which is nice. Hold on. There we go. Uh, so this is kind of a snazzy little graphical interface of the of the fader position here that I'm using, just with a with a neato print statement. Uh, but yeah, you can see even when it springs back, uh, it lands pretty consistently at, at within a within a few. Um, numbers of this 180 position, 178, 178, 180. So it's, it's pretty accurate um, within, a, within an acceptable band, given, given how this, uh, this sort of loop of um, feedback works. So let me see. I haven't checked in on Discord. Let's see if they've got any questions there. Um, Let's see. Yes, it is just like magic. These are so cool. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm hesitant to check and see how many we have left in stock here. Uh, let, me, let me jump back to the item. Let's see if we have any. Uh, we have 34 in stock. Okay, yeah. So if you wanted to get four of them, we put a max, uh, a max limit of four on these. Uh, if you want to get four of them, and uh, use one feather motor shield, you could have a, a little mini flying fader box, which is pretty cool. Um, and the little, or you could use the little H-Bridge uh, chips as well, depends on how you want to set this up. But, you know, given one feather or other microcontroller that's able to read the analog, read the touch, and send out PWM to a motor driver of some kind, uh, you can get a lot of bang for your buck and, and build yourself a little flying fader uh, setup, which is really, really cool. So let's see, I think that's gonna cover it. Uh, let me know if you have any other questions in the chat. Otherwise, I'm gonna pack this one, uh, prep this one actually for hanging on my wall there. 
get some of those windows out of the way. Uh, oh, and I want to see, did I miss anything else? Uh, there's some other stats and details on the product page. One thing is I think it has maybe a half a watt current draw at max. Um, and that's probably if it's, if it's at top speed and you stall it, uh, is my guess. So it doesn't, doesn't take a ton uh, of current to drive the thing, but I have found that the uh, AA batteries or an external power source give it a lot of oomph. If you run off of the USB pin on your 5-volt USB uh, on your microcontroller, it's probably not quite as capable, uh, so you'll, you'll end up moving it at slower speeds or, or use a little bit of a reduced um, uh, curve for your deceleration and acceleration. So I'm going to be writing a guide on setting it up to use uh, similar to how you saw here or how I set it up another, uh, another time using that, that L9110 uh, driver. So we'll have some instructions up there. Uh, but right now you can kind of cobble it together just using uh, motor driving code, some uh, analog read code, and some touch sensor code. So I'm going to put a little hanger on there. And that is my product pick of the week this week. It is the motorized slide potentiometer. That's going to do it for this week's product pick of the week. For Adafruit Industries, I'm John Park, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.